This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. I'm still not sold on the concept for this episode making a lot of sense, but I swear there's a reason for it. There have been probably far too many artists throughout the years given nicknames associated with royalty. You have princes, princesses, kings, queens, hell, even a duke, a duchess, emperor and empress. Then, of course, you have bands like Queen, who don't need a nickname, or Prince, or many, many others. So we're just kind of doing both. Those with the royal nicknames and those with the royal official names. And of course, a little later, a feature on the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. Many have vied for the crown of Queen of Soul over the years, but it's generally accepted that the title rightly belongs to Aretha Franklin. She was all but gifted the position thanks to her unparalleled run of work that started in the 1960s and went all the way up to her death in 2018. In that time, she released a whopping 112 charting singles and won 18 Grammys, making her one of the most decorated musicians in history. Being appointed the Queen of Soul was not something that Aretha took lightly, and these statistics give just a small glimpse into the work ethic that allowed her to reach such lofty heights. This next track featured in the very unaristocratic film The Blues Brothers, but it should come as no surprise that Miss Franklin absolutely slayed her performance there. So put some R-E-S-P-E-C-T on her name. This is Think.
been quite a few so-called queens of metal, including the recent nicknaming of Poppy, who I've certainly spoken about before. However, there has never been a metal queen that has quite reached the level of Doro Pesh. While she may not be a household name, I personally blame the lack of focus on women of metal that's only recently being remedied. When she started melting faces back in 1984 with Warlock, she was always fighting that uphill battle. Since then, she has gained the respect and admiration of legends from all eras of metal and has been cited as an inspiration by many of the current generation of women. Plus, she's still active now and still sounds amazing. Looks like it might be a while before she passes the crown down, and I'm okay with that. This is Fur Emma from one of Doro's many solo albums, specifically the version from Classic Diamonds.
extensive research into the subject i have concluded that iconic desert rock band queens of the stone age contains zero queens stone age or otherwise i know i'm as disappointed as you are according to urban legend the band was originally going to be called kings of the stone age but it was changed at the last minute to de-emphasize the overwhelming doodliness of that name and frankly i think we can all agree it was a change for the better on the band's 2013 album, Like Clockwork, there was a song called Fairweather Friends, which featured a number of the band's fans, allies, and friends, perhaps of the Fairweather variety. One of the more head-turning names that appeared on this track was that of Elton John. Elton volunteered his services by way of an unsolicited phone call that informed Josh Homme that his next album needed an actual queen on it. One that's been knighted, no less. I mean, if I had an OBE, I'd probably throw my weight around like that, too. <laughs>
with them. Anyway. James Brown is unlike many when it comes to musical royalty because he holds more than one title. Not only is he the king of soul, but he's also the godfather of soul and the minister of super heavy funk. With three titles comes a lot of responsibility. And if we're being honest, James Brown handled it quite well. He was well-deserving of those nicknames, given his 59 studio albums, containing 144 different singles over a rather lengthy career. While he had a bit of a habit of courting controversy and was perhaps not the greatest person, as an artist, he was pretty hard to beat. This is Payback. Hit him, Fred. Hit him. Hey, hey, hey. Now, 
king has a litany of connotations, positive and negative, but the word is inescapably masculine by nature. This would naturally believe you to conclude that it excludes anybody who isn't male or male passing. And in most cases, you'd be right, but only most cases. You see, when Bay Area musician Christina Esfandiari was searching for the name of her new doom metal project, she wanted something that was powerful, regal, and feminine, while trying to sidestep obvious choices like queen or princess. The final result was King Woman, an incredibly eye-catching name that served her very well over the past six or so years. King Woman released their excellent sophomore record earlier this year, Celestial Blues, and it was another meaty slab of atmospheric doom and razor-tipped gloom from one of the genre's finest. And from that album, this is Psychic Wound. Yes, sir. 
While most of the artists on this episode either chose their own royal titles or had royalty thrust upon them by external forces, that was not the case for one Prince Rogers Nelson. Nope. Instead, the late great prince had the expectations of royalty baked right into his legal name, something which wouldn't fly here in Aotearoa, according to the Department of Internal Affairs. And with such a name came great expectations, but I don't think that anybody could have predicted the heights Prince would reach during his storied career. This next track, Chocolate Box, comes to us from Prince's monster triple album, Lotus Flower. It features rapper Q-Tip, who, checks notes, is not a royal. Ah, can't win them all. I got a box of chocolates that'll rock the socks of any girl that wanna come my way. With the drums. Chocolate every day. So what's the deal? Are you sporting some weeds? Are you riding in a limousine? Uh, this ain't prom night. I don't wanna fight. So you better get your dirty clean. Uh, I hear your words going up and down your skirt. You gotta get a chance to prove it. You best believe if you wanna get with me, it takes a real woman to do it. Want to be oh extra chocolate every day? How could I make you mine? If I had the sweetest kind, I could sugar brush you in my arms. You're my love divine. I'm your Willy Wonka golden ticket is yours. Don't you waste not one taste of my ladle and They say the sweetness you'll eat up, but the bitter is better. Taking bites from the box, you'll never know what you get up. But you keep trying and trying because the flavors are fun. There's so many variations from the contents of fun with the drums. What's the deal? Are you gay or popping pills? Why you still wanna take my hand? This discotheque is about to make me a wreck. My feet are singing louder than the band. See, you got the feeling, flashing lights up on the ceiling, saying you gotta get your weekend now. What difference does it make? You know you can't make chocolate cake if ain't nobody ever showed you how. Girl, they wanna come my way. I 
Feature artist. We're well aware that our mission statement here at the Outer Limit Frequency involves shining a spotlight at the overlooked, the underappreciated, or any of the other weirdos in music. However, sometimes a band or an artist is so big and so important that we can't, in good conscience, as a music show, ignore them forever. We've already spoken about the Beatles, about David Bowie, Johnny Cash, Queen, and more mega stars since we started up. But it's about time we spoke about the king of rock and roll, Elvis Aaron Presley. There is no way that I can do him justice here, and I'm not going to even try. Instead, I'll be going over a few little highlights and interesting little tidbits as far as music goes to help narrow this down. I'm completely ignoring any of his soundtrack work, which, by the way, is a lot. Born January 8, 1935, Elvis was the second brother of identical twins delivered, unfortunately with his brother Jesse, who arrived 35 minutes before him, being stillborn. Elvis lived a poor childhood, with his family moving around a lot, and it was in 1946 that his love for music and talent with music started to show itself. By the time he was in high school, he had started to shape the image he would become known for, and you can pretty much guarantee that a large portion of people in his life were not happy with the influences that were starting to shape his musical taste and style. While he was a big fan of country music, Sister Rosetta Tharp, Big Boy Crudup, and Rufus Thomas were also huge influences. In 1953, when he first went into Sun Records, his gospel roots were well developed. Sun Records had the idea that with Elvis Presley, they could finally bring the so-called black music that they were known for to a wider, racist, white America. And you know what? They were right. In 1956, Elvis released his first album, simply titled Elvis Presley. And I do not think anyone was ready. This is Trying to Get You, originally from Rose McCoy and Charles Singleton, followed by his demo version of Shake, Rattle and Roll, originally by Jesse Stone. I've been traveling over miles, even through the valleys too. I've been traveling in day, I've been running all the way, baby, trying to get to you. Ever since I read your letter, been traveling night and day, I've been running all the way, baby, trying to get to you. When I read your loving letter, then my heart began to sing. There were many miles between us, but it didn't mean a thing. I just had to read you, baby. Kept traveling night and day, I kept running all the way, baby, trying to get to you. 
to do it all That's exactly what I do I would travel not in day And I'd still run all the way Baby trying to get to you Darky night, he would shine as bright as light when I was trying to get to you. Well, get out of that bed, wash your face and hand. Get out of that bed, wash your face and hand. Go out and get in that kitchen, make some noise with the pots and pan. I believe to my soul you're the devil in nylon hole I believe to my soul you're the devil in nylon hole All the what I work, the faster my money go Well, I said shake, rattle and roll 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 The way you want to ride to save your doggone soul Shake, rattle The seafood store. I like a one-eyed cat peeping in the seafood store. Well, I can look at you, tell you ain't no child no more. I believe you're doing me wrong, and now I know. I believe you're doing me wrong, and now I know. Cause the harder I work, the faster my money go. Well, I said, shake, put right in the road. I said, shake, rattle and roll. I said, shake, rattle and roll. I said, shake, rattle and roll. Who are you to ride? Say, you don't go so. Take it again. Later in 56, he also released the even more simply titled Elvis, followed by Elvis' Christmas album in 1957. And big surprise, I'm not playing his Christmas music. If I wouldn't do it for Sinatra, I'm not doing it for Presley. It's crazy how things changed after this with him enlisting in the military in 1958. And although I'm convinced this was a publicity stunt, it worked. Elvis will always be remembered as the megastar who risked his life in the military. Of course, he didn't stop releasing music in this time and was discharged only two years later. But hey, he did it. It was good for him. 
I can't really say anything bad about this, no matter his reason for doing it. The same year, he released Elvis is Back, and from this album, this is Such a Night, written by Lincoln Chase. It was a night, ooh, what a night it was, it really was such a night. The moon was bright, oh, how bright it was, it really was such a night. The night was alive with stars above. She kissed me, I had to fall in love Oh, it was a kiss Oh, what a kiss it was, it really was Such a kiss Oh, how she could kiss Oh, what a kiss it was, it really was Such a kiss Just the thought of her lips sets me afire I reminisce And I'm filled with desire But I gave Such a night Came the dawn And my heart and her love And the night was gone But I'll never forget The kiss of the kiss In the moonlight Ooh, such a kiss Such a night It was a night Ooh, what a night It was really was Such a night Came the dawn And my heart and her love And the night was gone but I'll never get to the kiss of the kiss in the moonlight How will I remember? I'll always remember That night Ooh, what a night it was, it really was such a night When we kissed, I had to fall in love But I gave my heart to point elvis had a few acting credits under his belt but upon his return from military service he seemed to have found a new focus on film starring in 27 movies over the next decade which is just mad i'm pretty sure i'm not alone here in saying that these are not good movies however i did genuinely enjoy some of them when i saw a bunch of them as a kid largely due to the music still being pretty great like i said though we're not playing any of that so instead we're jumping to his 1962 album pop luck his seventh studio album this wasn't as well received as some of his previous work and i think that's largely due to the amount of hype dying just a little bit at this point the focus was all on his movie career even though his music released separately from this hadn't actually decreased in quality at all 
This is all still before my personal favorite era of Elvis as well, but for now, from Potluck, and originally written by Otis Blackwell and Winfield Scott, this is such an easy question. about Elvis in his later years being Fat Elvis or a Vegas chill. But honestly, I think it's from his comeback special in 1968 that he was at his best. The album to follow this TV special was from Elvis in Memphis, and I personally believe that this remains one of the best rock and roll albums ever to be released. Featuring the song In the Ghetto, an incredibly depressing song about the cycle of poverty and violence in a Chicago ghetto, as the song sort of implies, it's a great song, though, and it's actually just crazy to think this album is so good that Suspicious Minds, one of Elvis's biggest hits, was cut from the album. It shows how much shorter albums generally were, as well as even with six songs being cut, the album still only came in at a little over 36 minutes. This is In the Ghetto, written by Mac Davis. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto And his mama cries Cause if there's one thing she don't need Is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto People don't you understand Child needs a helping hand 
He'll grow to be an angry young man someday I Take a look at you and me Are we too blind to see? Do we simply turn our heads and look the other way? Well, the world turns And a hungry little boy with a runny nose Plays in the street as the cold wind blows in the ghetto And his hunger burns So he starts to roam the streets at night And he learns how to steal and he learns how to fight in the ghetto Then one night in desperation, the young man breaks away. He buys a gun, he steals a car, tries to run, but he don't get far, and his mama cries. As a crowd gathers round, an angry young man face down in the street with a gun in his hand in the ghetto. And as her young man dies On a cold and gray Chicago morning Another little baby child is born At this point, there are a couple of people involved with Elvis Presley that we should probably mention. The first, of course, is Colonel Tom Parker, the longtime manager of Elvis and essentially the man who discovered him and gave him his everything, at least in Parker's eyes. While he did do an incredibly good job at marketing Elvis and managing most of his affairs career-wise, it was him who arranged almost every major milestone in Elvis's career. However, he famously wasn't the nicest or most moral guy in the world, at one point taking home 50% of Elvis's money. There's a lot more to this man. Honestly, we just don't have the time. The other person I should probably mention is Priscilla, the one-time wife of Elvis Presley and the mother of Lisa Marie Presley. They met when Priscilla was only 14 while Elvis was in the military, and when she was 21, they married. Again, a lot to unpack here. We just don't have the time, and I thought I should mention her. Over the next few years, Elvis released some of his best work yet, and in 1973, when things were apparently really going downhill, he released another self-titled album, Elvis, also known as The Full Album. Thanks to one particular song, which we'll play now. This is full. Could have made her one 
There's something kind of weird about these last seven albums from Elvis, and I'm not sure if it's because we can now clearly see how badly he spiraled, or if it's a certain level of maturity to the music. But these seven albums, including the full album, were really his final era. And what we alluded to earlier with people talking about Fat Elvis and his Vegas time, he was heavily addicted to barbiturates, and even Colonel Parker had barely anything to do with him anymore. I'm not convinced he even wanted anything to do with him at this point. It's just sad. Elvis Presley is one of the most enduring icons of music, and the last four years of his life were an absolute mess. I didn't want to relate this to current affairs, but essentially his financials were very much in the same situation as what Britney Spears has been going through. His father was handling everything, with seemingly no care for his son's mental state or physical well-being. In 76, he even fired his son's bodyguards, who were some of his oldest friends, who were helping to keep him sane, at a cost-cutting measure, read as wanting more money for himself. On August 16th, 1977, at only 42 years old, Elvis Presley died in a bathroom from a cardiac event, likely caused by every part of his lifestyle from the last few years, in particular the last few weeks, and the 14 different drugs found in his system. His final album, Moody Blue, had been released less than a month earlier, and his final single, Way Down, written by James Martin Jr., being a very fitting end. Hey, me 
So yeah, that was lengthy and got depressing. But if you kind of like what you heard or you've heard some of our other stuff, which was less depressing, jump onto Spotify and check out a whole lot more of it. There's a bunch waiting for you. And since you were tuning in with us next week, we're going to be looking at a genre of music through the eyes of people who don't particularly like that genre. Want to know where we're going with this? Tune in next week for a little something I call Hip Hop for Haters. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.